This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Monday, the 9th of May. In your sport today, Liz Cambage's sledge is confirmed. The Kings are one win away from ruling the NBL. Sam Kerr does it again for Chelsea and backing a really long shot. This is your sport today. We're starting with basketball today. One of the big stories last year was Australia's best women's basketballer, Liz Cambage, getting in a scuffle with Nigeria's national team and days later quitting on the eve of the Tokyo Olympics. Yesterday, we heard from one of Cambage's former teammates, Jenna O'Hay, who confirmed the sledge during that scuffle. Uh, Gabs, take us through it. Yeah, so yesterday on the ABC Sports program Offsiders, host Kelly Underwood, she put it to O'Hay, who was a guest, that Cambage told the Nigerian players in a pre-Olympics warm-up game to go back to your third world country when things got physical, and also that she hadn't spoken to Cambage since then. Now, O'Hay said that was all 100% true, and when she was asked if she thinks Cambage will ever play for Australia again, O'Hay said no. Now, Cambage, whose father is Nigerian, she withdrew from Australia's Olympics campaign a week out from their first game. That was on mental health grounds. Australia, they were expected to win a medal in Tokyo, but Fez, without their best player, Cambage, they lost in the quarterfinals. Yeah, they went down to the US who went on to win the gold medal. Uh, Now, Basketball Australia investigated that incident and reprimanded Cambage, but didn't suspend or fine her. And a month later, she said she had zero interest in playing for Australia at this year's World Cup. Cambage is now in the US playing for the LA Sparks. And Gabs, she says she's living her best life. Yeah, and she says that she's protected on a level that the Opals or the Australian team never gave to her. Now, O'Hay says that she always loved and supported her and that she can hold her head up high. But she also said that the team sacrificed a lot to keep Cambage in the program. But now it's time to move on. Fez, this is a big blow for the Opals not to have Cambage as part of their team for the World Cup. But head coach Sandy Brondello, she said last year that the team is now more united without her. Well, we'll find out how the Opals go when the World Cup starts in September. That tournament's being held in Sydney. Let's stick with some Aussie basketball because the Sydney Kings are just one win away from winning their fourth NBL title. They're 2-0 up in the best of five grand final against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Gab's history does not favour a Jackie's comeback. No, it doesn't. I'm sorry, Jackie's fans. That's because no team has ever come back from 2-0 down to win. The Kings, they got their first win back on Friday night. That was, of course, in Sydney. MVP Jalen Adams, he scored 18 points in the 95-78 win, but he was out for Game 2 with a knee injury, and it was much closer yesterday in Hobart. Now, Tassie, they got off to a really fast start, and they actually led for most of this game, including in the fourth quarter. And the game, it really did go right down to the wire, but with Eight seconds left, a clutch three-pointer from Sydney's Dayan Vasiljevic took their lead from one point to four points, and Fez, that was it. It's not over yet, though, Gabs. The Jackies have been making history all year, so anything could happen. Uh, game three is on Wednesday, back in Sydney. 
to football news now. Manchester City are three points clear of Liverpool in the English Premier League. Uh, but Gabs, the big story overnight is that Chelsea are champions of the Women's Super League and Aussie Sam Kerr played a big part. A massive part, Fez. So she led the league with 20 goals this season, and it's fair to say she saved her best and probably most important goal for last. So Chelsea, they needed to beat Manchester United to win the title, but they're actually down 2-1 at halftime last night, and that's when Kerr saved them. She equalised with a goal from outside the box early in the second half, and then with Chelsea leading 3-2, she chested the ball, controlled, it, swiveled and then volleyed from well outside the box to score one of the best goals of her career. This was the second year in a row that she'd won the Golden Boot as the league's leading scorer and it's Chelsea's third title in a row. Yeah, it's a ripper of a goal. I've put a link to it in the episode notes so you can check it out. Uh, In the Premier League, Man City beat Newcastle 5-0 overnight to move three points clear of Liverpool with only three games to go. The French Open is one week away and there's a fair chance a Spaniard will win it. Uh, 13-time winner Rafael Nadal is the favourite to win it again, but Gabs, he faces some pretty stiff competition from a countryman nearly half his age. Yeah, and that would be Carlos Alcaraz, who won the Madrid Open overnight. He is just 19 and he beat Alexander Zverev in straight sets and that was for his fourth title of the year. That's the most by any man on tour so far in 2020. 22. Now, Alcaraz, he's already the youngest male player to make the top 10 since Nadal in 2005, and he's tipped to be one of the best on tour for years to come and could push his hero at this year's French Open. Now, the win over Zverev capped an incredible week in Madrid for Alcaraz. He beat Nadal in the quarterfinal and then world number one Novak Djokovic in the semis, and that makes him just the fifth player ever to beat those two guys in back-to-back matches. Pretty historic gabs, and there was some history made in the women's final. Tunisia's Anjou is the first African woman to win a WTA 1000 event. Uh, she beat American Jessica Pugula in the final. The French Open starts next Monday, and today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. Who was the last Spanish winner of the men's singles title at the French Open, not named Rafael Nadal? Help us out here, gabs. Well, it was quite a while ago that this guy got the chocolates. Ooh, cryptic. Fun at the end, at the end of the show. <laughs> there was plenty of footy this weekend. Upsets galore in the AFL, but the Cronulla Sharks' win over the New Zealand Warriors in the NRL yesterday was something else. Uh, Gabs, the Sharks won with a man down for more than an hour. You said they were down a man, but they were also down two men for 10 minutes at one stage. I'll get to that a little bit later. Now, the Sharks, they were strong favourites to win this one, but that all changed 17 minutes in when their fullback, Will Kennedy, was sent off for a clothesline high tackle on Warriors fullback, Reese Walsh. Fez, usually see this stuff in the WWE. The Warriors, they scored two quick tries to take the lead, but... That was actually the last of their points. So the Sharks ended up scoring 23 unanswered points, and that was even with centre Jesse Raymond spending 10 minutes in the sin bin for a high tackle on Ewan Aitken. Cronulla then ended up winning 29-10, to 10, and that's the first time in 14 years that a team with 12 players has won a match. Yeah, Sharks captain Wade Graham said after the game, it all came down to belief. Uh, I popped a link to the match highlights in the episode notes. 
There was a fair bit going on over the weekend for racing fans. Uh, She's a Pearl won the Million Dollar Chase. That's the richest Greyhound race in Australia where the winner gets uh, a million bucks. Uh, And Gabs, over in the States, there was a shock result in the Kentucky Derby yesterday. Yes, very shocking indeed. Actually, I reckon you'd probably be a millionaire if you backed Rich Strike yesterday. That's because it was paying 250 to 1. That means that you would have won 250 bucks for every dollar you wait. And this horse really did look like a 250 to 1 chance late in the race because it was way back in the field, but it stormed home on the inside to beat Epicenter, who was the pre-race favourite. Now, Rich Strike was only in this race because another horse got ruled out the day before the derby, and the win is the second biggest upset in 148 years. The longest odds were back in 1913 when Dunnerail won. Yeah, it was paying a couple more bucks than Rich Strike. Uh, the Kentucky Derby is part of America's Triple Crown. They're the three biggest races. That includes the Preakness Stakes in two weeks and next month's Belmont Stakes. Time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye. What's coming up? And just as we're recording today's episode, the F1 Grand Prix in Miami is about to start. Uh, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc is in pole position. We'll bring you the result tomorrow. Cabs, what do you got? Yeah, well, the A-League men minor premiership gets decided tonight. Melbourne City can go top if they beat Wellington Phoenix. That game kicks off at 7.05pm. Yep, the final starting this weekend. Uh, as for today's trivia question, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile, who was the last Spanish winner of the men's singles title at the French Open? Not named Rafael Nadal. This guy got the chocolate scabs. Probably too early to eat some of this, but it was one Carlos Ferrero. Not Ferrero Rocher, Gabs. Uh, <laughs> he won in 2003, a straight sets win over Dutchman Martin Verkirk. Uh, all right, that is us done for today. Have a great day. We'll catch you again tomorrow. 